All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We return a lovely Monday afternoon. Oh, a little old school Caribbean queen, Billy Ocean on a Monday afternoon. How are you? It's a Gregor show, as always, presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca but is only regulated online gambling website. He's Connor Halley. I'm Jason Greger coming to you live in the Ewell studio, EWEL.ca. The Oilers day off today. They will get back at it tomorrow when they take on the Chicago Blackhawks. The uh, Hawks uh, defeated St. Louis. So they helped the Oilers on the weekend. Then they lost their, uh, they lost yesterday after uh, shutting out the blues on Saturday and uh, they will come into Edmonton, uh, losers of six in a row on the road. Meanwhile, the Oilers have won seven straight overall, but they've also won their last seven home games. Knobloch and Coffee have never left the arena in Edmonton after a loss since being hired. Uh, in Edmonton, anyway. Of course, uh, their three losses came on the road in uh, Florida, Tampa, and Carolina. And, of course, uh, later on this homestand, they will have Florida and uh, Tampa Bay. So a little bit of potential redemption for them uh we shall see how it goes um let's go now to the uh, injury report brought to you by our good friends at leading edge physio and hey they treat all they treat all the stars but guess what the weekend warriors like yourself you deserve just the same high quality treatment whether you want to do it uh you want some physio want cairo or you want the advanced stuff. They have it all at Leading Edge Physio, whether it's in Edmonton, St. Albert, Sherwood Park, 
anywhere, you name it, they got it. LeadingEdgePhysio.com as uh, Grant Fedorik joins us once again. And uh, Grant, I want to talk about fractured kneecaps and the difference in severity of them. Uh, we heard that anywhere from two months to four months. So are there like a, dis- can you describe like what's a, I don't even know if minor is the right word, but what's the difference between like a, a slight, like is there a hairline fracture of the kneecap? How does it work? Yeah, you're right. There can be a hairline fracture, which means that it hasn't broken all the way through the kneecap. So if you picture, you know, a little bone that's basically looks like a, a rounded triangle, if the fracture goes all the way through it, that's a that's more of a complete fracture. The problem with the kneecap is lots of different things can happen. You can have a fracture that's undisplaced, meaning it broke all the way through, but it's sitting there in good position. But you can also end up with something called a stellate fracture, and it sounds like it, like it, or it looks like it sounds, breaks like a windshield hmm. into a bunch of little tiny pieces. Ew. And in those cases, it's a lot more difficult because you got to kind of put all the pieces back together. So you have displaced or undisplaced, and then you've got this kind of other thing that can happen to the kneecap as well. So a hairline fracture means, you know, there's a like a crack in it. Yeah. It hasn't gone all the way through. It's It can be immobilized. It's going to heal fairly. Uh, bone heals on its own time frame no matter what, whether it's a hairline fracture or a fracture right through the bone itself. But in either event, in all of those cases, the kneecap takes some period of time to recover, unfortunately. So then what would be a rehab? Because obviously at Leading Edge, you guys have like the aquatic therapy, the radial shock waves, zero gravity treadmills and aromatic recovery stuff. Would any of that be usable on a fractured kneecap? Yeah, you betcha. Uh, Because he's going to be immobile or uh, anybody with this injury is going to be immobilized for a certain period of time. In order for that fracture to heal, it can't move and it shouldn't move around. You don't want excessive forces on it. Your quadricep muscle, that big muscle in the front of your thigh, it's not just one muscle, actually. It's four. That's why I call it it's called the quadriceps. It's very powerful, and you need to eliminate the stress that that muscle can put on the kneecap so it's not pulling and tugging it and preventing the healing that has to happen. So unfortunately for a window of time, no movement can happen across that joint or across that bone. And you can imagine the deconditioning that goes with being non-weight bearing or from taking the weight off of it and not using that muscle. So the sooner, as soon as you see something called callus, which is that stage of healing where the bone has mended, really there's, it's kind of like it's calcified. I, I, it's not the best way to describe it. But we also know that it's got its internal strength back. Then we need to get weight bearing and get that knee moving as soon as possible. But because you've been off of it for so long, it's not so easy. It hurts to start putting weight on it. It's so weak, you can barely put any weight on it. So some of the things you described, zero-gravity treadmill, you can start walking on it with less pain, more normal when you don't have that amount of weight. A zero-gravity treadmill essentially eliminates your amount of weight down to 20% of your body weight. Uh, Aquatic therapy, getting somebody in the pool, it's a lot easier to move an athlete or anybody when they're surrounded by water. Buoyancy holds them up hydrostatic pressure which is the pressure from the water helps prevent increasing swelling you can increase the temperature of the water so it feels more comfortable to move and you can just do have a much harder workout without the consequences of it when you use aquatic therapy and then as as you start weight bearing early on the joint's going to swell and there's different modalities and techniques that uh 
we have access to, and so do these professional athletes that can help to prevent that swelling because swelling and pain really is what prevents somebody from getting moving. It's unfortunate, but it happens as they start putting weight on it. I've seen Holloway walking around for a few weeks. So, uh, you know, maybe whatever knee injury he had uh, for the kneecap was, was, well, minor is probably the wrong word, but uh, he's been walking around, so he's not being as immobile, so that's good. Um, the other big story, of course, is is a hip. Now, there, you know, there's a hip replacement is one thing, Grant, but, uh, you know, you also have now Patrick Kane just had it. I was talking to Sam Gagne about it because they used the same guy rehabbing, but Gagne had a different surgery, right? They had in Patrick Kane's, they had where they scrape the uh, the hip, right? It doesn't have the the uh, the replacement per se, and uh, there hasn't been a lot of guys that have had success coming back from this. Although the advancements in this technology are are almost like monthly, I, I hear from people. So what what is this hip resurfacing that Patrick Kane? What would make you believe there's a chance that you know he we, he could come back and be successful now, where guys even a few years ago couldn't? So there's various things that happen inside the hip when they're doing these surgeries. A hip replacement, typical total hip replacement. Basically, if you picture a ball and socket inside of the hip, uh, the arm of the femur or the long portion of the femur gets basically cut off and an implement placed down the shaft of the femur with a new ball. And then the, the acetabulum, which is your hip socket, okay. gets kind of cleaned out. And then a, another... Um, piece goes inside of there so it's two smooth surfaces working on one another. With a hip resurfacing, instead of taking the entire neck and the rest of that femur and that whole ball away, essentially what they're doing is they're replacing it like with a cap. So they clean it up and it's not as in, it's still invasive, let's not kid ourselves, but they're not replacing the entire head of the femur. And the other side is still the same, so you've still got two smooth surfaces And, you know, there's debate in this area as to which one's better. There's risks with both. Um, Certainly, when you don't take away the entire head of the femur, then later on, there's an opportunity to do a revision. You can, so the younger a person is, the less likely, the more likely it is that they're going to go for resurfacing because it's easier to deal with later in in, um, life if they need another procedure done. The revisions are arguably, and I do use the word arguably because nobody has a definitive answer on this, but the revision later on can be more successful when you've got more bone to deal with and you haven't taken it all away. Rehab-wise, I I mean, I think we end up, frankly, we treat them very similar. They're both going to be back to activity. However, in either case, there's some limitations as a result of this surgery. There's no question about it. What's been the biggest advancement you've seen in the last five to 10 years when it comes to hips that allow this to be more successful for high-end athletes? I mean, really, it's in the technique and the surgical prowess. I mean, the surgeons have been, they're doing more of them. Uh, They've got more experience. They've got a lot of reps underneath them. So if you think of a surgeon like a professional athlete, the more they do, the better they get at it. I think that's kind of one of the things we see the successful outcomes or outcomes are more successful today as these um, 
as these surgeons are doing more of them, just to answer your question there. Uh, what about Grant? Um, you know, the overall, like there, there's certain, like we know ACL surgery, it used to almost be like, man, you were done. Now that's a long time ago, but now like I, I laughed, uh, th- you know, there's still a certain healing time. Aaron Rodgers was the biggest farce going, Oh, he's going to be back playing. Give me a break. He was never coming back and playing, but, mm-hmm. um, you, you are seeing athletes come back from ACL injuries and you know what? Some of them, I'm not necessarily going to say they look better than they did before, but they look they're just as good, right? They're able to come back to that level, whereas before, but there are certain sports though, right, Grant, that it's harder to come back and play on an ACL in certain sports than others, right? Just based on the mobility you need in your knee. Yeah. And not just mobility, but stability is probably the biggest one. And, and speed of transition of direction is probably where we, where we see ACLs as having such a huge difference. So professional for football the amount of force that they require but also the stop start and yeah. multi-direction that they have to go in downhill skiing very difficult to come back from with an after an acl repair because if you just the torque and the twisting that occurs through the knee versus other some sports uh, i I'm, i don't want to start throwing others like they're lesser of a sport they just require different yeah um it's different, different mobility different yeah. motion and, yeah and different patterns of reactivity through that joint that joint um so definitely if you're on a straight a straight ahead kind of a sport where it's just go that's a lot easier than one that requires stop start and change of direction at and especially at the speed that these guys have to do it and not to mention if we're talking about football the fact that you have a 280 pound man coming (laughs) after you and then might land on you makes a big difference too yeah, so. well, it's the unexpected hits, right? On that you can you can train all you want as an athlete in, in a contact sport, even in hockey sometimes, right? Like you you work and they 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 do a lot of strengthening just to try to strengthen all the muscles around your legs so you can absorb some of some of certain hits. But then there's certain hits where you know what? There's nothing an athlete could have done to prevent that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. An a, a, an acute blow to the thigh from the front, you're in trouble if you've got an ACL problem already, and the opposite an acute blow to the lower calf from the back. So you can imagine hmm. in football, those are common, yeah. very common. In hockey, those kind of those kind of impacts are less common unless you see the knee-on-knee collision with the, uh, with the uh, post, uh, things like that. But you're less likely to see those kind of injuries or those kind of impacts through the knee joint. Uh, Grant, we got one uh, coming in asking you, what are your thoughts on artificial meniscus implants? Have you, uh, you have any experience on that? Uh, what have you seen as far as the advancement go there? Well, you're going you're gonna to catch me off guard on that because we don't see them, to be okay. honest. Not a lot of, not in the meniscus. What we see with meniscus is meniscectomies. What's Meaning that? Typically, there's, what happens is there's a tear in the cartilage. And what used to happen is they just removed all of the, um, the meniscus. Right now, what we now what they tend to do is little partial meniscectomies, just the little part of it that's torn. They take that part out, and away you go. Recovery is fairly quick. Usually, somebody's back to full activity six to eight weeks later. They're basically dancing. Wow. Um, correct. Yeah. Exactly. Meniscal repair is very uncommon. Also, people think that they just get repaired. Not very common. They're very specific types of injury to the cartilage that can be repaired. The cartilage is not a very, it's not really a healing tissue. It doesn't do a great job. Um, But as far as artificial cartilage, they do try different injections where they try to kind of 
put in the new fluids into the knee to try to give them um, kind of that fluid surface again. It's we see mixed results in that. Okay. Uh, And well, I'm one to that would love to say I'm right on top of everything. As far as what we see here, not seeing that kind of a replace the cartilage itself, uh, if that's what's being described. Do you find in the rehab world, um, like, is a meniscus hard? Like, what's the rehab process? What do you recommend? Just somebody like you have a meniscus injury. What's the best rehab? Yeah. So number one, if you can get away without having your your knee operated on at all, when it comes to the cartilage, that's the best case scenario. Because even though it can be defective in there, what you've got is often better than them taking something away. But if if in fact with the cartilage, if it's getting in the way, it's causing locking or the knee is, you know, basically swelling up for no good reason on a regular basis, becoming really painful. And that's occurring for eight months plus outside of the original injury then something has to be done. So my first advice is try to rehab without surgery when it comes to cartilage tears as best you can. And if it comes around and you give it enough time and you get strong and you get the range of motion back, then don't worry about it. Move on. Enjoy your life with that little tear or whatever it is inside. However, if in fact it does start to impact your ability to do things, it's locking on you, it's catching, it gets stuck and you can't move it then in those circumstances, then surgery is often indicated. Rehab's pretty aggressive. You should be back off, you should be off of crutches within two or three days Hmm. and in a physio clinic within a week. And typically from a recovery standpoint, you're usually doing pretty aggressive exercise. You're on a bike that same day with me anyways, getting it moving and starting to do the actual exercise component of the rehab right away so that we can get you back to activity as soon as possible. Because once you've taken away the defective cartilage in that tissue that was causing the problem, really you've got what's left. And uh, rehab can go pretty pretty straightforward usually with these kind of injuries. Grant, great stuff, man. We really appreciate your time. We'll chat with you uh, soon. Have a great Christmas. You too, Jason. Always great talking to you. That is uh, Grant Fedork from uh, Leading Edge Physio. If you're looking for uh, any sort of rehab, I'm telling you uh, – Go to leadingedgephysio.com, and um, you won't regret it. Spruce Grove, Shirt Park, St. Albert, everywhere in Edmonton, uh, they have it all, and they have all the, the best advanced stuff to get you back in the game or uh, on the court, on the field, wherever you play. Uh, 324, we got a lot of text to get to, 833-401-1440 on the Oilers, uh, goaltending, a, a few dare-to-dream-type scenarios from uh, Oilers fans. And uh, also, uh, well, uh, an interesting question, I'll have to say. I never thought about this. We'll get to this one next. The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 329, welcome back to The Gregor Show on Sports 1440. Oilers Nation YouTube is coming to you live, as always, from the E-Well studio. E-W-E-L dot C-A. Of course, they are your local electrical distributor. Always adding a little uh, juice to the show. Uh, big shout out to them. They always have the uh, show playing in, in their brand new facility just off of 184th Street, 116th Ave. So stop in, say hi to uh, Dave and the crew down at ewell.ca. Now, lots of texts coming in on the uh, Edmonton orders. People uh, wondering, um, hey, I know one game and I like this. And I've said it earlier, like Calvin Picker, to me, his start yesterday, it calms the the need for panic to go out and rush to make a decision. Because look at the order schedule. So 
Stuart Skinner, and I'm assuming he's not going to play in any back-to-back situations, Stuart Skinner can start seven games in the final 22 days in the month of December. That's not taxing at all. Seven starts in 22 games, or 22 days, excuse me. Right? You'll have Pickard can play the other two. They have a back-to-back next Thursday, Friday, and then they have a back-to-back coming out of the Christmas break on the 30th and the 31st. I assume he'll play the Ducks on the 31st. And I guess they'll decide, do they want Pickard against the Islanders? Or maybe they, I guess they could surprise us and go against the Devils, but then that means he'd play two out of those three, and I don't think Pickard's going to play two out of three. So I think you will see him. If it's me, I would play him against the Islanders. Just me. Now, he went against the Devils, did fine. But I'm still, if I got the the Rangers or the Islanders, I'm playing my backup against the Islanders. They're still a good team, but they're not the Rangers. That's what I would do. So that still means he's only playing seven games, Skinner, in 22 days. It's not a big deal. And then you look at the uh, the order schedule heading into the uh, uh, to the new year, and again, it's not it's not overly crazy. They they're at a point now. Now you get into February and March and April. That's when things get uh, rather condensed for the orders. And so I think what Calvin Pickers start did, at least for me anyway, is it alleviates the need to rush and trade from a glaring position of weakness. You can say, hey, Calvin Pickard, we're confident this guy can give us a start there. Right? You look, the orders, they don't play in the month of January once back-to-back. They play 11 games. They have every Sunday and Monday off the entire month of January. So every week, they're getting a two-day break. They actually have three days off. They play on the 2nd of January. Then they don't play again until the 6th. Like, it's a pretty good schedule. Right, leading into the uh, to the All Star break, so really, you, I think people can exhale. I wouldn't worry about the goalie situation right away. It's not immediate need to fix because right now, first of all, there's not many options, and second of all, teams will think you're desperate. They're like going to jack the price up. That's just how it is. So uh, I think it's something to watch for. And and the other interesting part about the whole thing for me is Jack Campbell. Guess what? Jack Campbell's going to have to play really well to get a spot back in, in Edmonton. It's that simple. If Calvin Pickard plays once every five games or whatever the number is and keeps playing well, you don't have to. Well, we have to call Jack back. No, you don't. Now, if Jack Campbell stands on his head and puts together consistent games where, and I'm not even talking save percentage. I'm talking consistent games where he's not allowing a goal that makes you go, oh, my goodness, how did that go in? You can get beat sometimes four times in the game. It's never the goalie's fault, right? That can happen. Give up four goals and 32 shots. You got an 875 save percentage. It doesn't mean you're a terrible goalie, right? Doesn't mean that. But if you allow shots from the top of the circle with no screen that go right through you, that's a problem because that's something that you can't defend against. What can you do as a team? You can try to limit odd man rushes. Never perfectly, but you can try to limit them. You can try to limit giving up uh, point-blank chances. Sure. But you can't limit outside shots from nowhere and then have them go through your goalie and be like, well, geez, I guess we'll have to be better next time. No chance. None. So, and like Campbell, that's what he did last weekend. His start this weekend was fine. Wasn't great. It was fine. But I would need to see probably four, five, six, seven starts where I don't even care about the save percentage. I'm looking at the quality 
of goals he allows. Not everyone has to be great, but you can't just have one go right through you, right? At all. Doesn't make sense to me. So, and the other thing is, Olivier Rodrigue is that like, you could even argue that it's past the point as the organization says, hey, wait a sec, we got to play this guy more. Like, all he's done is stop the puck, right? Like, what, what else do you want him to do? In five starts, he has a 217 save per, a goals against average and a 935 save percentage. What else do you want? Right? Jack Campbell has an 887 and a 337 goals against average. Right? And then look at, at um, last season for uh, Olivier Rodrigue. He had a 912, same as Calvin Pickard. 29 games. They, they were kind of splitting last year. 38 to 29. It was close. This year, Rodrigue has started five games. The others have started 12. That's not good. He's the young guy. So while you might want to rehab Jack Campbell, I, I think it's past the point where it's just like that's got to be their main focus. I think they have to start to take a step back and say, okay, wait a sec. We might not be able to salvage Jack Campbell, so guess what? We're going to have to live with the fact that there's a big matzo ball on our face, okay? There's a big bleep sandwich that they're going to have to eat. Right. So that was the mistake. But to make another mistake is like, well, now we're just going to keep playing him all the games. And Rodri gets one. He gets five out of. Well, so he's made five out of what? 17 starts. Not good enough. It's not good enough, especially when he's played well when given the chance. Right? At some point, the reaches where, hey, Jack, we'll start you if you play well. If not, now Rodri's going to be the guy. And that's where they're at. So I don't even, I'm not even worried about the orders. Well, at least me, I'm worried about them recalling Jack Campbell. It hurts you in cap space and it might hurt you in ability. Hey, Gregor, your proposed appointment means Skinner will need to start 65. At some point, it's not back to back. Sam from Vancouver. No, it doesn't, Sam. Understand the math. Right? Understand the math. A starter who goes seven out of 10 times eight which is 80 games, would be 56 games. So that's what he does at the end of the month. Skinner doesn't have to do that in the in the month of January because, first of all, they only play 11 games. It's when the games get condensed. But in that month of January, I could easily start Pickard, if I'm just looking at the schedule, I see three or four easy starts for him out of 11, which would be lots. Because really, three out of 10 is what you're looking for from your backup. So pick the three games in that month. And I would strategically pick it because I could pick a game against uh, Chicago. So Skinner comes in and he plays on the second and the sixth. Then he gets two days off. You give him the Chicago game. Now he has a four-day break. Then he can play another three. Then you can give him um, the uh, game against Seattle off. Right? Then he has another three days between games. Then you can give him another one of the Columbus or Chicago games in the final week. And now your backup was played three out of seven which is totally fine. It's not Skinner playing 65 games, far from it. So trust me, I've done the math. I've looked it up. I know exactly what he needs to do down the stretch. And it won't be an issue. Where they're going to, the issue will arise if they're not comfortable with Pickard. The issue starts to rise in February and in March where they have a really condensed schedule. And that's where you're going to need your backup playing quite a bit. 
Because you you want to keep your starter fresh, but it doesn't do any sense in January when you have two days off guaranteed every week. Two days off every week to be, oh, we've got to play our backup six games here. Why? It's February, March, and April where you really are going to need your backup. A, because of the condensed schedule, but B, because you're going to need him to play some more games. But it's not going to have to happen this month. He'll have played because he played yesterday. And he'll play twice more this month. That's three out of ten. Then in January, you can play him three out of ten. Then you get to February, and uh, it's it's going to be uh, even easier. You probably could play him four out of ten. No problem because of the back-to-backs and the condensed schedule. It's quite easy, actually. So to me, they don't have to solve their problem if they still feel it's a problem. And who knows? Maybe Calvin Pickard will. He, You know, I like his confidence. He said, hey, I can play in the league. I just got to get the chance. Maybe he's right. You know what? Maybe he can prove to be a formidable backup. He looked good yesterday. He didn't. He wasn't fighting the puck. I didn't really see areas. Sometimes you'll give up one goal and you'll be like, geez, the goalie was kicking out rebounds left and right. I thought he was very controlled yesterday. It helps when your team isn't bleeding chances, for sure, but that helps any goalie. Ask Aiden Hill. No one would have thought at this time last year that Aiden Hill is going to win you a, a, a Stanley Cup with a 9.30 save percentage. No one. Not even the Vegas Golden Knights, because remember, they didn't even play him until Lauren Brassois got injured. Hey, Gregs, what are the chances the Oilers could have Rodrigue and Skinner next season? Uh, well, you know what? I guess it'll depend. It, it's an option. I don't know if I necessarily buy you have to have like this cagey veteran. It would help. It would probably help more this year for Skinner, I think for sure. Right then, then it would be something that maybe wouldn't as be as necessary uh, down the road. But when I when I look at uh, um, Olivier uh, Rodrigue and I look at you know games played and his season, because keep in mind that um, you get four years as a goalie compared to three as a skater, where you're uh, waiver exempt. Right, that's that's the advantage. You get for organizations, they get the one extra year for their young goalies to basically say, hey, you know what? Uh, we'll give them four years of pro. But look at uh, Olivier Rodri. Look at his pro career. This is his fourth season. So next year, he will become waiver eligible. That becomes a big risk. So I do think the uh, the odds are increased that he might be here next year. Or they might have to move him into trade, which is. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's probably a pretty good trade piece. Might not be one you want to trade, though. Unless you're getting like a legit goalie back under contract for a few years. So there's the other thing. To me, you kind of got to see what you got here. Now, they might be, well, geez, we know he's going to be waiver eligible, so let's not play him a lot. I think that's a loser mentality, but that's just me. And that's just guess on my part. I don't know if that's what they're thinking, but it is definitely uh, something to uh, to be said. But all I know is that I'm at the point now, Jack Campbell, pff, I don't care what his contract is. If he's not playing well, it's not even it's not even a remote consideration. Pickard has earned the right to get the start next week in either Long Island or against the Rangers. I don't even think it's a debate. And I don't even think it's worth discussing the rest of the week. There's nothing to talk about. And luckily for the orders, their schedule, the way they're playing, they have time as a management team to figure it out. There's no rush of urgency to get a backup right now. Quick break. We'll come back. We've got lots more. Text to get to 833-401-1440 in our uh, Jiffy Lube inbox coming up after the uh, 4 o'clock hour. We are uh, going to hear from... Mark Spector, uh, Kevin Woodley. Uh, we're going to go to the uh, outside to Detroit. We'll also hear some uh, comments. Uh, Chris Nombuck on the uh, penalty kill. Uh, hear from Vinny DeHarnay why their penalty kill is working so well. 348, how are you? Welcome back. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. Declan Cougar running things on the Nation YouTube side. It's time to go uh, in the room brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, a heavy haul transport provider who, you know what, uh, they always put their money where their mouth is. Uh, they love to donate and give back to the community. And we saw that this past Friday when they matched the Pyramid of Giving for uh, 7500 which was great. And uh, hey, they got the new platform trailers in ready to roll. So if you need one, go to nextgentransportation.com. And uh, in the room, uh, we're going to get to uh, Vincent uh, DeHarnay. And uh, the, the big D-man who uh, continues, I think, to just... It's amazing what confidence will do to a player, right? And when I, I think... Because you obviously you have to have the skill. Like you, you can tell someone, they're, hey, do this, you're awesome, keep doing it. But if they don't have the skill to do it, well, eventually that's going to you know be exposed. But like Vincent DeHarnay here, the last few weeks, all of a sudden when the puck is on his stick, more often than not, now he's making a play. He's completing a pass rather than just dumping it out. And, uh, you know, it's made a big difference, I think, in the orders, uh, just overall their entire decor. But, you know, certain guys, I think, have played arguably their best hockey ever. And Vincent DeHarnay is, is one of them and just talks about another uh, sound defensive effort. Really confident in how your group's playing defensively. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been awesome to see. Obviously, uh, the start was not great uh, over season. That, that's not what we wanted. We worked a lot. Uh, we did a lot of video. Uh, it's, a, it's a team commitment, not just the D-men, not just the forwards, not just the goalies, everyone together, the coaches too. So it's uh, it's it's really fun to, to see our team play the way we're, we're playing. Uh, so you're a guy who, who kind of you know spent some time in the minors, had to work to get up here, and you see a guy like Calvin have a moment like this. What's What's that like? Oh, it's so awesome. Like every save he's made, he's made some really big saves, like at the end there. Um, and he's such a good guy on uh, on on and off the ice, and he's always smiling. And I don't think he's in a he's, in a, he's kind of in a in a tough uh, position right now. And you know he hasn't played that much, and he works very hard on the ice. And uh, to see him get a, a big win uh, like that against a, a very good team, uh, it's, it's it's really awesome. You guys have been playing really well defensively, but having him back there was that just maybe the 
allowed him incentive because this was a really tight defense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like he, he's such, like I said, he's such an, a good guy, and like he's so he's so team first, such a team first guy that you want to do so much for him, right? He's, uh, I think his family was uh, was here tonight too. Um, so I think uh, overall, like for him, it was a pretty pretty good day. And for your, the penalty kill is just continued to build. New Jersey is one of the best power plays in the yeah. game, and you didn't really give them much. What was the key to success in the PK for you? Um, I think we were connected. We were reading off off each other really well, and that's what we've been kind of building at, um, not being robots and not just going from point A to point B, but read, read off each other, read the play, and if you think you can go, just go, and, and putting pressure, not not giving them as much time and space. And um, I think we did a really good job. We blocked a lot of shots tonight. Uh, that's that's a key for a PK. If we don't block a lot, it's going to be it's gonna be tough to uh, to be to be consistent, but uh, no. Overall, I think your PQ is solid. We just got to keep building. Then you guys uh, had to climb out of the hole. You guys are back to 500, back to even. What does that mean? Uh, it's good. It's it's really good. I don't think a lot of people would have, would have thought that uh, seven games ago. Um, but it just shows that we have the team to do it. Yeah, we have the team to, you know, to, to make playoffs. We have the team to go all the way. We just got to do it every day. You know, it's every day. It's in practices and in games. It's not just all right. There's a game. We flip the the switch and, and we go. It's 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 a habit. And um, I think we've we've turned the the boat around and we've we keep building. Our confidence is going to get better and better. Yeah, no doubt about that. But uh, interesting listening to talk about the penalty kill. And when you watch it, there's definitely more continuity amongst the players. But his description of just maybe a little bit more flow, right? To trusting yourself, knowing where guys are, and they're big on continuity. They they have a lot of the same guys. Basically, they're down to 10 penalty killers for the majority of the time, four defense from the six forwards. Obviously, if one of the D-men, one of the six forwards in the box, they rotate guys in. Obviously, Brett Kulak gets some time. Leon Dreisaitl will get some time. But you don't see a lot of McDavid much anymore. Maybe late. In a penalty kill. And also, if there's too many penalty kills in a row, well, then they put McDavid out because you don't want him sitting down on the bench. It makes sense. But for the vast majority of it, you kind of know who your penalty killers are. And uh, they're having success. Like, look at New Jersey yesterday. And when you watch how many times Edmonton stopped Jack Hughes, just even at the uh, at New Jersey's blue line, trying to gain the zone then, even the neutral zone stopped. Right? Then when they cut, so that kills 15, 20 seconds. Then when they got into the zone... Like, New Jersey had 15 different zone entries on the power play yesterday. So that's how many clears does that mean you're getting? You're getting three or four clears every PK because of it, right? So because everyone starts in the, in the offensive zone, right, automatically off the faceoff. So think about how many times you're clearing it out each time. That's huge for the orders, and you're just... Every time is a clear, it's a good 20, 20. By the time you go get it, then you get reset where you're actually back and set up. So that automatically is cutting down time. Uh, it's almost like a half of your power play is set them trying to reset every time just because they were able to break it up. And New Jersey came in with the best power play in the league at 34%. But yesterday, like, did they even have maybe the one chance uh, I thought they had? But it was also unique. I found Jack Hughes... He lines up on the, he kind of lines up where Nugent Hopkins is on the orders power play, except Hughes is their main guy. It's kind of an odd format, but it's obviously worked and it's worked very well. But yesterday, Edmonton had all the answers because that power play did not look like the most dangerous power play in the NHL yesterday. No chance. Um, the orders power play is getting closer to being uh, what they've been 
uh, the last few years. Their power play, of course, uh, in the seven-game winning streak, 43%. Under Knobloch, it's up to 31%. Their penalty kill is 95% during this stretch under the 12 games. Because tomorrow after the Chicago game, that'll be game 26. That'll be half the season with Woodcroft and Manson, half the season with Knobloch and Coffey. And, and they win tomorrow. They're 10-3 and three compared to being 3-9-1. and one. And now it's not, it's not just coaching, though. I think it's fair or it'd be unfair to say this is just coaching, but clearly coaching has impacted it more in just their delivery when it comes to coffee and how he's connected with the players, really focused a lot on just positivity, positivity, really explaining to them, hey, I think you're capable of this, showing them lots of videos of what he believes they're doing. And I, I think the results are right there. Now, the owners have played well before. We should point that out, right? They won 14 or last 15 games last season. So they have a good team. And I know there were some who was like, ah, this team's terrible. They're brutal, right? There was a little bit of overreaction early. I understand it. It's great. It's great for Sports Talk Radio. People are fired up. But there were some I thought that were going, oh, oh the orders are missing the playoffs. They're brutal. I was like, well, no, no, no. We tried to pump the brakes that, no, the orders are going to be back. Now, couldn't they get all the way back to get home ice? that's, you know, obviously going to be more of a challenge, right? Getting back in the playoff hunt, that's the first step, and they're right back in it, right? They By the end of the month, they could easily be in a playoff spot. You look at where they're at. They're uh, they're three points behind uh, Arizona with the game in hand. They're five back of Nashville with three games in hand, right? So you win two of your next three, you're one point back of Nashville, right? You're probably either tied or ahead of Arizona. So they've definitely made up ground. And... But you look, they're still 11 points behind L.A., right? They are 12 back of Vancouver with three games in hand. And then they're, uh, you know, boatload back of uh, Vegas. So, like, first place, I just I don't think how that's possible. Catching Vancouver, mm, that's probably the most real. If you had to ask me who's the most realistic one they could catch, it would be Vancouver. It's not impossible to catch L.A., but come on, they're 18 points back of Vegas. They're not catching Vegas. Unless, like, something out of this world happens. Like, I guess I should say never, because we all know that's why I'm growing my hair, because the Sharks decide to show up for one game. But the odds would tell me it's pretty difficult to catch Vegas. Vancouver, lots of people think maybe they've, they're have they due for a little regression. You still have 57 games remaining catch them but you got three games in hand and you're 12 points back so it's still you know and if there's any talk of that where it's probably not until like february or march i would think at the earliest but more so the orders just get back in the playoffs they want to get to 500 that's first step they're there now you get back to the playoffs a month of giving we've had a great first half we're at five thousand dollars from trent in the month of giving package today which is a suite for 12 at the oiler game on Thursday, the 18th of January, taking on the Seattle Kraken. Good odds. The orders win. They love playing the Kraken. They score a lot of goals when they play the Kraken, too. Uh, you will have two parking passes through the undergrounds. January might be a little chilly. Don't worry. You'll be warm. And you get a $750 credit for food and beverage in your suite to be used that night. So you'll have a great time. And like I said, if you want, uh, Brownie and myself will pop in, say hello. That's obviously up to you. So uh, you can text in 833-401-1440, or you can call Connor, same number, 833-401-1440. We are helping out the Christmas Bureau. Uh, demand is uh, higher than ever. Uh, there's a lot of people that are 
uh, struggling just to make ends meet right now. And so uh, if you're blessed in a situation where you're going to get something, you're going to have a great night out with a lot of friends. They can toast you for helping out the Christmas Bureau as you watch a game. Good chance maybe see a win. Have some fun and help out the Christmas Bureau. Let's get to the con man. Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. And the road ready sales event is on right now at Fountain Tire. $225 off select tires and additional $50 off when you book any one of their services. Stop in right now at fountaintire.com. Some restrictions apply.